Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Fort Collins, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Patrick Sukup. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Victor. I appreciate it. Great to have you here. Now, Patrick, we're going to talk about a very different style of investing than we've heard about on the show in a little while. But maybe before we dive into that, give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a kind of family of entrepreneurs, but really was an athlete to start with and had a kind of career ending injury when I was a sophomore in college and had a friend's dad who took us out to lunch and just said, hey, why don't you convert that drive, that athletic drive into business? And how we will do this is by getting involved with real estate and also having a large acreage field mowing business. But since this is a real estate show, we'll talk about real estate. And it was 2009 at the time, which at the time, sophomore in college, I was pretty ignorant to the idea that we were in this great recession caused by the housing market. But Nevertheless, we bought a foreclosure at the um, courtroom, you know, door, the doorstep at the, the, the footsteps of the courtroom and uh, picked up a house in Fort Collins for $125,000, put 15 grand into it, turned around and sold it for, I think, 170 and walked away with a like handsome little profit as a sophomore in college and kind of got bit by this real estate bug and also was maybe young enough to not understand the liability and risks that I was taking and just kind of learned uh, the ropes of new carpet, new paint, some investments, and hey, on the backside, sell it for a little bit of a profit. And from there, uh, reached out to my uncle, who is a very successful investor here in Northern Colorado and Fort Collins, and went to work for him as a leasing agent in 2010, and pretty much worked for him for a decade, and all the while started buying up some properties in, in Fort Collins as far as investments go. There's a school of thought that says, lever up buy large apartment complexes. Certainly when you're buying individual homes one at a time, you're falling under residential underwriting rules and the bank's assumption is the path to repaying that loan is your W-2 income. It's your employment income. As opposed to a 100-unit apartment complex, if something goes wrong in that apartment complex, your W-2 income is not going to fix it. It's all about the asset, the management of the assets. So the world of commercial underwriting is completely different. They're very different worlds. And you've stayed intentionally in that first world. I have. Yeah. Which is interesting because like I said, you know, my uncle is pretty a successful investor. He's got 200 unit apartment complexes, 56, 36, 24. And so that's how I was kind of raised. But for me, how I got my start, I was very young, had a, like you said, W2 income, very uh, minimal assets to my name, but we were able to uh, buy a, another foreclosure in 2012 and, and kind of fixed that up, sold it, and then bought our first fourplex. Actually, in 2013, we bought two fourplexes and a duplex that just kickstarted our kind of investing career with a partner. And we're, we are minority partners, but I my agreement was we were going to take a little bit bigger stake equity-wise um, in the partnership and manage it as well at a reduced rate. And that's, like I said, I was a leasing agent for my, my uncle's uh, investment company. So I kind of understood the maintenance and management of property and could run them well, understand how to get them rented. But my, I would say, lack of probably ability or maybe understanding of how to do it, these big, massive apartment complexes and syndications, 
I kind of started off with hitting singles by buying onesie twosies and have really enjoyed buying one to three units per year over the last, well, up to this year. I, I bought, I've only bought one house this year and I'm probably not, I'm intending not to buy any more this year, particularly, but up till that point, basically one to three units per year, which puts me at a 19 unit door count personally. And, uh, you know, have a very, very, my average LTV on the entire property portfolio is 50%. So I have an, I have an extreme amount of equity kind of tied up with these properties, which if you were to talk to uh, a quote unquote savvy investor, they would kind of call me crazy to not, uh, you know, get a higher yield on the equity that's tied up. And my return on equity is pretty minimal, but for me, I, I love it. The comfort that I have at night, the assets that I have at hand and the cash flow that I'm receiving really provides a nice living for me and my family here in Fort Collins. When you do the math, if you have a, let's say a large apartment complex and it's highly leveraged, say 80% loan to value, if you could even do that today, probably can't. But if you could, the amount of cash flow that it spits off at the end of each month is pretty small. So in order, if your play is cash flow, you need an awful lot of doors. Whereas if you own even a dozen houses free and clear, that cash flow is like a beast. And they're just, it's not either or, it's not that one's better or than the other, they're just different. And certainly one is very different to manage than the other. Yeah, I I still, I have a team. I've got a brokerage here in town. Um, I stepped out of the day-to-day operations of management of my personal properties probably about three years ago, hired a full-time assistant who that is part of her job is the management of those properties. But the control that I have over the assets, the um, equity growth that I've had in a lot of the properties has been pretty phenomenal. I mean, any market's done great over the last, especially over the last two years, but especially over the last decade in Port Collins, we've seen phenomenal um, appreciation. And uh, for me, I, you know, the cash flow game uh, is important, and I've seen the cash flow definitely increase. But as I'm still actively working, uh, I have a brokerage with myself and uh, three agents and then a full-time assistant, you know, I'm still creating income. And so the cash flow for me isn't as important, but it's a nice cherry on top. And I look at all of that cash flow for 20 years down the road of, you know, when I want to retire, quote unquote, that, you know, I will have substantial income from sources and assets that I've built. In the conversation you and I had before this interview, you used the term dollar cost averaging, which we often associate with maybe going out buying shares in General Electric or something and and not worrying about what happens week to week, month to month. And your dollar cost averaging on houses. Absolutely. Yeah. So I try to my goal has always been one to three units per year. Um, and you know, when I have, I have a lot of individuals who reach out to me and ask me how I got started in investing and real estate. And I tell them, I wish I could tell you I was really smart. I just happened to start investing heavily in 2011 and 12 when the market was at an absolute bottom and we picked up assets, uh, you know, pennies on the dollar type deal. And now we happen to have a ton of equity, but this year, like I told you, I, I bought a single family house, uh, I listened to one of your your interviews and they were talking that, you know, pretty much as of March, we topped out and you could look at my settlement statement and I closed in March on that single family house, but I'm okay with it. Uh, cash flow is is minimal, interest rates, not, not terrible. 
But again, that asset that I'm looking at isn't for today or tomorrow's dollars for 20 years down the road. And I know that in 20 years, that asset will be substantially more than it currently is and spitting out a ton of cash flow with $2,022 when it's 200, you know, 2042. And uh, I, I suspect that will be quite, quite a strong asset for me in, in the next couple of decades. Three things happen with inflation. I mean, we, we talk about appreciation of value. I mean, that house 20 years from now intrinsically is not going to be more valuable because it hasn't grown, hasn't changed, has the same number of bedrooms as it did before. Now, there might be a little bit of supply demand change in that time period, in which case it might be more valuable, but the vast majority of that contribution is going to come through inflation, which does one of three things. It either wipes out the purchasing power for those on fixed income, it wipes out cash savings in your bank account, and it wipes out debt. So all of that benefit goes to the equity holder in the equation. Yeah, exactly. And that debt service that I'm servicing on a monthly basis uh, is serviced with cheaper and cheaper dollars. Again, being able to produce uh, an income on a monthly basis, basically, outside of my investments allows for me to uh, not be too concerned about that cash flow, even though it is growing substantially. I, you know, the conversation that I'm having right now with lenders and investors and, and buddies is, you know, like shoot, like we our renewal rates on our single, we like I said, we have onesie twosie up to four unit apartments. On our renewals, we are very fair to our tenants at, at an 8% renewal rate. But anything that hit the market I averaged a 30% increase for our rent our renewal rates. And my debt service didn't increase by 30%. Yes, my mortgages, my, or sorry, my insurance and my property tax will increase. And the, the cost that I just put in a new HVAC uh, system in one of my single family properties for $15,000, that probably would have been $10,000 a year ago. But that all being said, those debt, that debt service, my $1,800 a month payment is still, at, is still basically at $1,800 where my rent went from $2,300 you know, close to $3,000. So my cash flow, uh, you know, jumped by 700 bucks a month with nothing that I necessarily did, but besides a supply demand offset, uh, rents are going to try to catch up to mortgage rates, in my opinion. And uh, we'll see a little bit of that um, over the next couple of years where rents continue to really pump. I'm really appreciating this conversation from the perspective that it's a very grounding conversation. We can often get wrapped up in the in the rat race of got 500 doors or a thousand doors or have you maximized LTV and uh, all of that and this is that slow and steady what Darren Hardy calls the compound effect simply dollar cost averaging one step at a time put one foot in front of the other and uh, and sleep well at night yeah Darren Hardy's one of my favorite authors I, I live my life by the weekly rhythm make sure that I do the same thing week in week out and I've been doing that since 2015 and that's, uh, you know, I, I, it's tough because we do live in this sensationalized world of social media of Lamborghinis, big houses, you know, what's your unit count conversations at investor events. And I would say there's a little bit of like, Ooh, well, I've only got 19 doors, but I look at my family and we don't look at our checkbook. We don't worry about what money's coming in or out. We live very, we don't spend a lot, but it, you know, be, by choice, we just live in Fort Collins. And I listened to a podcast at one point, somebody was talking about uh, from New Mexico. And they said, if I, if I can't survive on $20,000 a month cash flow, I'm an asshole. Right. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Fort Collins is a very similar market to that. And I kind of thought that's, I've had some aha moments over my last decade in investment real estate. 
And that's been one of them of like, if I make 20,000 in Fort Collins, I could have, you know, net of everything of all my expenses. There's nothing that I can't do. Yeah. I'm not going to have a private jet or a yacht or six houses, but that to me isn't where, where happiness is. And I'm able to spend as much time as I absolutely want with my family and my wife and with zero stress as far as financially. And that to me is happiness. I love it. Well, Patrick, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah. You know, I uh, have an Instagram channel um, that kind of talks about brokerage for Collins um, investing. And uh, so that's just my name, Patrick Sukup. That'd probably be the easiest way. And then from there, Instagram's a great way to get to know someone's personality. And if, if people connect, they always send a direct message and we can kind of dive down from there as far as questions go, but that'd probably be the easiest one. Fantastic. Well, Patrick, I love the perspective. Uh, you live in one of the most beautiful towns in the country. I've actually spent considerable time there, so I know it well. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Patrick on Instagram, Patrick Sukup. The link will be in the show notes. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 